Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And we are on Mushing Dog Sled Crazy Week Part 2, where we talk about the really cool event of the CERM Run, which everyone's general context, if, especially if you're a kid from the 90s, is what context, guys? Balto. Balto. Yep. We love Balto. Great family film about a scrappy, stray underdog who saves his girlfriend's human, and that's why he did it? Wasn't there mm-hmm. another... And there was an asshole there was dog? another sledding dog who... Yeah, like... Saved a bunch of kids. What was that dog's name? What do you mean? No, there was another statue, I thought. Oh, yeah. Is it Togo? Maybe. Probably. So... Oh, right. The other statue of the other dog. That so, isn't Togo. I, re- I know what you're talking about. I wait, is there another dog. dog sledding story? Yeah, there's another, there's another one. Oh, okay. Well, there were a lot of heroes, as we will find out. So... What we're talking about is actually known. It's not Balto's story. It is a lot of dogs' story. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to focus on another dog in it who basically led the longest leg of the journey. His name is Toko, and his musher had a really interesting story. But uh, just to put in context, the number of uh, mushers involved, there's over 150 dogs sled dogs used in this serum run over 20 mushers took part in this relay Mm -hmm. so contacts everyone involved played a pivotal part and we're going to explain why balto got the glory because balto wasn't even alone as a lead dog he had a second lead with him and we'll explain the story of that because that's actually really funny right so Serum run. We are in December 1924. An epidemic of diphtheria has struck the population of over 10,000 inhabitants, many of whom were gold rush prospectors, settlers, and indigenous people of the town of Nome. Curtis Welch, the lone doctor in the area, working alongside four nurses, Dr. Welch warned the illness capacity to kill 100% of the inhabitants of Nome. Diphtheria was a highly contagious illness, commonly known back in back in the day as the strangling angel of children because what it would do was like swell their throat closed where they couldn't breathe and they had huge like swollen lip note necks and uh the i will say balto did not represent that well yeah they just did a not little children no, no, going just like, <laughs> i'm so sick can can I have a fever? Like, <laughs> yeah which is what it really is yes um, Not a fan. I get they didn't want to like terrify kids. Though. <laughs> They're like, hey, look at this husky girlfriend drama. Yeah. They're like, this child is dying, but not in a way that's gonna terrify me. So have, have weird standards for men for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was uh, 1925. He's one tough of, but sensitive. <laughs> one of my dates got flipped. So this is December 1925 okay. because. Um, their only antitoxin available in Nome had expired in 1918, despite batches being ordered in 1924. So last year, so this, this hits 1925, and the doctor's like, I fucking ordered batches last year. Where the fuck is my diphtherium? So fault is this? Um, supply chain issues. Okay. Just like a lot of modern day issues. Okay. Supply chain issues. The doctor did look at his supplies and go, oh, I need to order some. Ordered, put in the order, got busy, is the lone doctor of a town of 10,000 people. It gets busy. 
Yeah. Diphtheria hits. He's like, I got the... Where the fuck are my... Sur- oh, they never came in. So bad for that doctor. So they simply had not arrived. So January... Oh, no. It was... Sorry. It was December. Okay. So I, I'm misunderstanding something. So... This did start in December 1924, but the CIRM run actually was in January 1925. So right. they did order stuff back in the beginning of 1924. Mm-hmm. That's a snoring dog. So my dates were originally correct. We just move. You know how time moves and then the year changes from December oh, yeah, to like January? The, the slow march of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. thing. Yeah. So, January 25, a thick Arctic snow covered the Alaskan interior. Temperatures ranged from minus 50 to minus 85. Gale forces on top of that uh, became clear that Dr. So, Dr. Welch ordered a quarantine on Nome. On January 22nd, a telegram was sent. I am in urgent need of one million units of diphtheria antitoxin. Um, Emily Morgan, the quarantine nurse, took their dreaded job of placing the notices on the houses of any inhabitants, uh, any inhabitants who were suspected or confirmed cases. Do not enter diphtheria. So that's what's going on in Nome at this time. We're going to do a flashback though into post media res. Mm-hmm. Sled dogs were developed by indigenous people in Alaska and Canada and Siberia, traditionally used to haul heavy loads of sleds for hundreds of miles in remote fishing and hunting grounds, then returned to camps with their weighty catch. Canada and Alaskan sled dogs were genetically, uh, generally heavier and brawny and known as freight dogs. They are slower and more cumbersome at times, but well-mannered. The, uh, ch- uh, the Chukchuk people, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, I'm doing my best, inhibited the region of coastal Siberia located on the tip of the Bering Strait, 55 miles from the tip of Alaska. The Chukchuk people um, developed a selective breed of Siberian huskies to pull sleds from their fishing grounds and also live as part of the family units, keeping the native people warm in their doings at night with temperature. Siberians there were tended to be smaller and faster and ate less food and made better and had a slightly better nature to their Alaskan cousins. During the gold rush era, sled teams were delivering mail and supplies to Alaska interior. Races sleep sweepstakes, sweepstakes took place along the locals as entertainment and bits of who would win. In early 1900s, William Gusak introduced Siberian Huskies to Alaska with epic, with epic results. The locals originally laughed, laughed at Siberian Huskies. So you remember, the Alaskan Huskies that, or the Alaskan sled dogs in the area were big, brawny, yeah. heavy trained. Yeah, strong. Siberians strong. were super, super skinny and fast, and mm. um, they were actually laughed at and called Siberian rats by a lot of the locals. Oh my God. Because oh they were gosh. so little compared to the other racers. So, an all-American Alaskan sweepstake race, so this is a big mushing competition race, mm-hmm. in 1910 was won by a team of Siberian Huskies of and their They're mushers fast. by a Norwegian settler known as Leon Chapella. Oh, wow. Chapella. So, this guy is important to our serum run story. So back to Noel. As children have this and Noel increasingly grew sick in the death toll rose, authorities uh, fought amongst themselves on how to get the serum delivered to Noel. 
In the depths of the Alaskan winter, planes and automobiles could not withstand the weather, and also the train lines have been frozen. So they agreed the only way to get the serum delivered from Anchorage. So uh, they wait, hang on. Agreed. Okay, so to get the serum to Nanana, which I mentioned in the last episode, Nanana is the start of kind of the relay. They were able to get the serum from Anchorage to Nanana by train, but they couldn't get it past Nanana because the train tracks were frozen. It was too harsh of a winter. So what was decided was a sled relay. But here's the thing. Um, there was this little known musher known Leon Chapella, who was mm-hmm. the best musher in the area. He actually had managed to make it from known to Nanana in four days. That was actually a record he had done. And so they were like, hey, you're the only one who could do this in this harsh climate. And so Leonard had a child, a young child, which is actually something I find very fascinating. So they do have a movie called Togo, which is about this racer and his journey. Mm. They totally veto the fact that he had a kid who could be affected by this. He actually right. had a little, like, daughter. Why wouldn't they include that? That's movie enriching. I, I don't know. I think He's they wanted doing it for his daughter. I think they wanted to focus more on the, the relationship between the dog and the musher. Yeah, but it's a side thing. It doesn't have to, because she's not with them on the sled. Yeah. So, therefore, it's they, a side it, thing, It's, it's interesting, motivating. because what they had was, he was like, oh, they're not going to ask me to do it. In the movie, they, like, played him off as, they won't ask me to do it. They have plenty of other mushers. And, uh-huh. like, and then no, his, no, they desperate. his wife's like, but what about blah, blah, blah's kids and blah, blah, blah's kids? We know these people. And he's like, yeah, that will be sad if they die. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird thing because I did watch Togo has a lot of very accurate things like the actual racing part but I just I found that so weird they kept that out of the movie because it was actually one of his motivators is yeah I'm gonna go get this fucking antitoxin I don't want my kid to die uh-huh. and I don't want my village to die yeah um so he was asked to basically they're like hey can you make it to Nanana and back? And so that was originally, he was supposed to make it all the way to Nanana mm-hmm. on his own right. from Noel, which remember what I told you was 625 miles or something like that. So he was supposed to make, so there and back is like two, uh, 1,200 something miles on his own was originally what they had planned for this guy. Yeah. So he headed out. He's like, fuck, we got to go. So he started heading out. And then as, um, duh, duh, duh. so as uh, he conti- he started off on his journey, they started realizing like, oh fuck, that's a really long, that's a really long way to go. Mm-hmm. Can we um, get some people, because this is also happening on the fly. So right. they were like radio people and they're like, well, we just sent someone out, and they're like, well, when will he be here? And they're like, five days? And the death toll was rising. They're like, well, what if we send some people on their way? We got it. We're just going to start sending it to you. So the idea was to send a relay. And then when uh, uh, Leonard got to a um, stop, which was a stop they thought he was going to take, they were going to tell him there was a relay, and he only had to go so far. God. Oh. He didn't stop though. He went through. No, no, no. He took a shortcut. 
So, oh, oh, that's right. That's so right. Leonard Shepa, <laughs> one of the ways he's able to make this journey is he takes a shortcut known as um, across the sound. Uh, hang on. I'm, yeah. The Nordic sound. I remember that scene, too. It was so dramatic. So so there's two parts of it. Uh, yeah, no, it was very dramatic. Uh, I was like, no, Willem Dafoe, don't do I it. I will say Willem Dafoe did great. Yeah, he Nor- actually, he's good in everything. He also, oh. he looks a lot like the guy. Really? Yeah, if you look up the guy, it's like they did good casting. So he just looks really weird. He looks, he has a he weird. Like a weird well, it, okay, so like, he I is. Love Defoe, but he looks what was the guy's weird. name again? Uh, uh, Leonard. So L. Le- Leonard? L E O N A R D. And then Chappella. S E P P A L A. S. Wait, what? S E. Mm-hmm. P P. I got it. Okay, he is uh, Norwegian. Oh my god, he does look like he, he looks, looks like fucking Willem looks Dafoe. Like, he looks like Willem Dafoe and Andy Rooney had a love child. And then they punched him in the face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will say, so Leonard Chappella actually mm. immigrated over to Alaska during the gold rush, and he has a really tragic backstory because in like Norwegian, he looks like he has a tragic backstory. N- in yeah. Norway, he had like a job as a blacksmith apprentice. But then, like, his first love, who he married, died very young. Like, they, I don't know if they actually got married, but they were going to be married. And she died from a thing. And then, like, he moved to, he was, like, horribly depressed. And his friend's like, why don't you come with me and make money uh, back in Alaska? I made all this money on gold. So he goes for the gold rush. Does not actually make money. Like, I think him and his brother went. His brother died in like a mining accident. And then he fell in love with dog sledding from there because he actually ended up on like the cargo transport. Mm -hmm. And he, that's where he actually, he was like this really like miserable human who was super depressed and then he found dogs. He did find dogs. He found dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And and then he also found a, a very sweet wife. And he made a happy little life uh, breeding a, sp- a specific br- a specific breed of Siberian Huskies. Because like we said, um, Alaskan Huskies, they're all kind of, they're not a specific dog. It's like a specific skill. Yeah, and, they don't have breed standards. Yes. So, Leonard's like, I gotta go. I gotta go get the serum. And so, Togo. Guess mm-hmm. how old, so an average dog sled uh, run, like a, an old dog is like maybe eight, 10 years. That's an old dog. That, yeah. that dog's close to retirement. Guess how old Togo was? Uh, Seven. I, I'm going to say like uh, three months. <laughs> Togo was a 12 year old Siberian Jesus husky. Christ. Togo. That dog could die of old age. I mean, that's so, close enough to like. One thing about Togo, so. Leonard actually, Togo was very sick when he was born. Leonard was like, this dog's not going to make it. And Mm -hmm. his wife was like, nah, I think this dog's going to make it. And he's like, nah. And then he hated this dog. He's like, that dog is untrainable. Like, as a puppy, the dog would escape all the time. He tried to give this dog away several times. Oh, my God. There's a story. There's a documented story. Of he gave this dog away and the dog was so annoyed at it he broke through a fucking window to go get him and that's an actual documented story they show it in the movie but yeah. it is actually like something that was documented by Leonard about yeah. this dog so the so Togo he, jumped through a, a, a glass, glass window. pane window to get back to him yeah because she he, was, he or, did not want yeah, this dog like, he kept yeah. trying to get rid of this dog and the dog's like 
fuck you, you're my human. Yeah. And he's like, okay. You're gonna have me with you, like it or not. And then... I decide where I live, goddammit. Yes. <laughs> and he named him Togo after uh, the Japanese... Um, the Japanese general, because Togo, <laughs> well, Togo was an underdog in a, like, he, there was no way Togo was going to win in this battle, but mm. he overcame. He was like an underdog story in military history. But yeah. also just a dog being named after a, a Japanese general. Yeah, yeah. because like, he was insufferable. I'm naming you after General Togo. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I've underestimated you your entire life. I'm naming you. So that's where the yeah. name came from. Yeah. And so this is like the it. dog leading his team mm. because he's like, this is the only Old dog who dog. can get me through this. Oh my God. This is his lead solo lead dog. So a lead dog. So you have a bunch of like follow dogs and racer dogs like behind them and they all have their own like point in the race but a lead dog is the one that you can trust to take the team through he tried to get rid of this dog he did and this, <laughs> and this dog, dog here is like i have such a big firm personality mm-hmm. so so we got leonard and togo 12 year old togo leading the way and they think they're the only ones Coming going back try- out of retirement so they're heading to Nanana. One more run. And because of how cold it is, there's ice. So do you guys know what a sound actually is? It's a geographic <laughs> thing. Oh, God, I'm dying. A what? A sound. It no. is a geographic it's like, description. It's like a, a, a... It's like a where there's land, but In then there's sea. also, like, a sea... And yeah. then it's right then it's right there. Okay, so it's like um so it's a coastline feature. Right. I've been nailing these descriptions lately, by I, the way. I like it. Um so you take a coastline, you make it basically like a C, and then the shortest point from there is a sound. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like two pieces of land that aren't really close to each other. They're hundreds of miles apart, but they're closer because of that tiny piece of land or the tiny piece of sea where you can sail across. Yeah. Right. When it's winter, it's completely frozen. Yeah. So you can just oh, ride just, a park. That's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. His that's shortcut amazing. is riding across the frozen fucking sea mm-hmm. in the middle of the night where mm-hmm. he can't see, and he's trusting Togo, the 12-year-old dog, to just get them through it. Yeah, you got this, Togo. You're a piece of shit. Let's Why go. I have a love-hate relationship with you. You got this, Togo. And by the way, it's not like he can go test everything, so he's trusting that it's completely frozen solid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So ice cracks around them as they go. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, that was the most butt-puckering part of the movie, too. No, that's not even the worst part. This, <laughs> wait till we go back around. Okay, so we're leaving them. They're trying to get to Nanana. They took to a shortcut. And, oh, oh so you, you will like it. Oh, uh, yeah, we can watch it after. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was my treat after doing a bunch of research. I watched that movie, and I was like, oh, this is this is research, quote-unquote, and mm-hmm. also a sweet little it, treat for Dan. Yeah, it's, it's uh, delightful in the most gripping way. So this shortcut <laughs> takes him away from the checkpoint they thought he was going to hit, where they were going to tell him, hey, dude, we got a relay for you. Yeah. So, flashback. We're going to Nanana. So, on January 27, 1925... Um, the first dog team leaves Nanana. It's a it's a nine dog team. The temperature is negative fifty below zero. 
Leading the five-year-old team, uh, leading the team was a five-year-old sled dog named Blackie. And mm. otherwise inexperienced teams divert the diverted. Uh, otherwise inexperienced team diverts the planned trail due to severe weather conditions and uh, continues the run on frozen Tanana River. The next person in line is Musher Wild Bill Shannon running along slide. So. Is that Wild Bill you said? Yes. So Wild Bill Shannon. Wild Bill Shannon, it was so cold out, he ended up running alongside his team to keep warm because it dropped to negative 72 on his leg of the race. They arrive in Tolova, Tolovana in bad shape after grueling 51 miles. Parts of his face were frostbitten. Sadly, also, three of his dogs did pass away from the ordeal because they were trying to... And by the way, this serum is getting frozen, so they have to take a stop, shove it in a fireplace to warm it back up before the next musher can go. Yeah, because otherwise it's... It's useless. This is all pointless. Exactly. So the second musher uh, and his dogs ran 31 miles with no problem other than his hands being frozen um to the the handlebar when he arrived they had to pour water they had to pour water over it so he could get them off um in on the 30th i wonder if he even noticed when it was happening because you're like holding on you're just holding on yeah um so an 170 miles uh, were covered by January 30th, and they had relayed between six different teams. However, a major snowstorm hit in, bringing a record low, a record-breaking low to Alaska. So this is literally happening in a record-breaking storm. Yeah, back back then. then. It was lower than it's ever been documented. And they're like, we got to just get this Ooh, stuff through a blizzard. When the, when the climate, when the climate mm-hmm. wasn't changing and it was much colder generally. So yeah. because of this record-breaking load, the 12th musher in line, his name is Charlie Evans. He, so, okay, this is something I didn't even know was a thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. So because of the variations in fur types and stuff, some of the Alaskan um, mushing dogs, they actually have shorter fur in certain areas of their body. Um, so he actually lost his lead dogs because he did not cover his team's groin because their area of fur was so short and the weather had dropped so severely that they had they had gotten frostbit. So he had to load them on his sled and lead his team himself because he lost his lead dogs he had to lead his fucking team with his dogs and sadly his his two lead team dogs did not survive this yeah but terrible it's not like he intentionally is like well i'm not gonna put your shoes on he's like oh fuck this is way colder than it ever has been and he never yeah because apparently something they do when it gets really 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 cold is they do cover them in like a fur lining they'll like have a little i guess like a diaper a, a diaper Jesus. Or, or like a little thong <laughs> a little <laughs> i a think little a banana is what, is it? What, what, what is that called a banana sling or something a like banana that? hammock yeah they have a banana <laughs> hammock, <dodge> banana hammock. <laughs> to keep their doggies warm horrified <laughs> you know what you gotta get look Staying warm ain't pretty. But but when his two lead dogs, he piled them on his sled and then led the fucking team himself. Wow. These guys are fucking rock stars. Like, honestly, I'm very impressed of the actual, like, 
gusto that went into this. Yeah. So um, local press picks up this story. It becomes a huge thing. All hopes and our hopes are on oh, the dogs and the heroic shit. drivers as they are racing to Nome. Uh, more to save children. More dog right teams leaves. are ordered up to try to speed up the mission. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, as long as it's PetParentsPod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate. So any special offers that we have, which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed, are going to be on that page. There's a link to BarkBox under the Ways to Support page on the website. We also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on, anytime you subscribe to BarkBox, using the link barkbox.com slash petparentspod and get free extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. Chappella had already taken on the most dangerous leg. So, the temperatures are now negative 5 degrees. Chappella with his lead dog and 12 uh, Siberian Husky team, which by the way, he breeds all these dogs. Mm -hmm. He is a breeder of dogs are making their way in the dark from Nome to meet the next team on the CERN run that he does not know he's actually meeting. And they cross, they do cross across, they, they cross across, they cross, mm-hmm. they go across the famous Norset Sound, a shortcut in the winter because it's frozen, as I talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, crazy enough, uh, no, I already said that part, so we jumped ahead. So he was supposed to go to uh, Shack to Lick. That's where he was supposed to get the thing. He totally diverted it. And they weren't sure, actually, if he was going to make where the relay were, so they actually set up a backup musher. His name was Henry Iva. And because they got it there, they heated up. They're like, okay, Henry, he's not here. He probably is already, like, halfway to Nanana. Just fucking go. So Henry went off on the trail. Here's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. On en route... He had his dogs got tangled up, so he was off the trail untangling his dog, and he sees Leonard shoot past him, and he has to go race down, go, I have the serum, I have the serum. Like, he literally is shouting down the trail, and the percentage of, like, mushers actually meeting someone on a trail like this is so small. Yeah. And... Leonard had to like turn back around to catch up with him. He had to turn back. So So it's a miracle. Yes, it's a miracle they found each other. So at this point, his team, Shepa's team, had already covered 84 miles just to fucking get there. And now he has to go the fuck back. So he gets informed. So this is around 2 a.m. Shepa gets informed about the relay. He gets told he doesn't have to go all the way back to Nome. He is just trying to make it to, um, let's see here. Uh, he's he's just having to make it back to uh, Shaktulik, which is only what? Mm, just another 84 miles or so. He's like... He took a shortcut around, then he's going to meet the next racer, and it's only another, like, 84 or so, whatever. No, 90. Mm. It, it gets confusing because they break down his, his numbers a lot. Okay, so, anyway, 
2 a.m. He gets the serum. They head back. Togo leading the way um, in 65 mile per hour winds. They go up little uh, McKinley Mountain, which is over 5,000 feet high above sea level. Mm. And then back across the Nordic Strait. So we're dealing with a giant snowstorm. We already took our risk across this ice once. The temperature has fluctuated, but also, guess what happens to the sea when it gets stormy? Waves get way rockier. So he literally starts across the sound and ice starts breaking up around him because of how bad the weather is. So he continues and he has to trust Togo to literally guide him through the ice as it breaks around them. They get to the, they get close enough to the edge of the sound. They think they're out of it. And they realize their ice flow they're on is a good chunk away from the land. So he takes Togo. He unhooks him from his race. He he uh, piles down the iceberg they're on or the uh, ice flow they're on. Ties Togo to it. Chunks Togo across to the shore, and Togo literally um, pulls the ice uh, close enough for the team to oh get the sled god. across. Oh my god, crazy dog! It is literally like dog. this. This is the story that he documents, and this guy isn't really someone who's after like glory. He's just like, right. oh yeah, you know, Togo, he did yeah, this. I just had to throw my dog across the sound. Yeah, it, <laughs> like this is obviously like. He could have jumped it. He could have tossed each dog, but he couldn't get the sled across. And the whole point is to get the goddamn serum across. Yeah, yeah. He has a psychotic dog. Why wouldn't he do this? And yeah. He's so, like, it's yeah. going to work. It's Togo. Yeah, it's so, Togo. Come on. He gets them across. And by the way. This idiot's going to love this. This is crazy because I will say, like, I, like, watched this movie. I'm like, how accurate is this? And it's actually very, like, actually the, what the, cra- the crazy stuff they do in there is actually pretty accurate. That's really cool. That's I love stuff. when... I love when movies do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a really amazing story. You don't story. need to embellish on a story like this. Yeah. Yeah. So Not, not really while, on, on stuff like this. So also, while all this happening, and they're looking at the weather report, Dr. Welch and the whole te- team are like, oh, God, these mushers are going to fucking die out there. They actually tried to stop the relay. They're like, hey, the, it's getting higher. Can we stop the relay? And they try to get it out there, but, like, the stations they hit, they're like, oh, no, it's already gone, guys. You're too late. Yeah, it's really hard to get them. Yeah. So he finally gets to uh, Shaktuluk, and he passes on to Musher Charlie Olsen. And so for the actual relay part, he did 90 miles Plus the 170 miles it took to get there in the first place. So he did, uh, what, like over 200 miles of why everyone else was breaking up the relay. So he had to get all the way out there, do the 90 mile most difficult part of the race, which is what they wanted him to do because he is one of the most experienced mushers and his team is really experienced. And none of the dogs died? None of the dogs died. None of his team, at least. Yeah, that's why I mean none of his team. So Olsen starts heading out. Olsen suffers severe frost uh, frostbite by placing blankets on his dogs. So Olsen's having to, like, wrap his dogs up, and he gets severe frostbite to on his hands just trying to take care of his dogs. He survives. The dog survives, so that's good. And then he passes on to the very last musher. His name is Gunnar Kassen. So Kassen is actually an employee of um, Shepa. He works for Shepa. Uh, his team is actually Shepa-bred dogs. 
So oh, his wow. team is actually dogs that Shepard bred. And Cassin's team was led by Balto mm-hmm. and Fox. Oh, okay. wow, so all these dogs came from Shepa. Shepa, yeah, so the ending team was actually one of Shepa's drivers because they're like, Cassin is, we're going to send Cassa on the last leg because it'll, it'll be easier on him. And Cassa actually, at one point, they get, like, knocked over, and he has to, like, pull the serum. He he gets frostbite, too, because they get, like, overturned in a snowbank, and Cassa has to pull the serum out of the snow. But in order to find it, he had to take his gloves off and, like, pull that out. So he gets extreme frostbite, but he does it. Him and his team, they get it back on, they run across the thing, and they, they are, like renowned heroes of Noel because he is the last one. There's also, I'll go into this later, but we're going to talk about the glory. So the newspaper has been following this. So um, 5.30 a.m. February 2nd, he collapses in front with his team and the newspaper comes out and he's like, the dogs did all the work. Uh, And they're like, great, who are your lead dogs? And he's like, this is Balto, this is Fox. And the newspaper guy looks, looks over at Fox and is like, People, if I write Fox, people are going to think an actual fucking Fox wrote this. They're like, get him out of the picture. Balto's the hero. Balto's the hero. Because it was easier to sell. The media people went, they're going to fucking think a Fox runs the race. (laughs) So Fox got... These morons. So the final team was a co-led team of Fox and Balto. And he got kicked out, and then Balto became the hero dog, and it was Cassin's team that was provided by Sheppa, but this was his dog team. And... So here's the thing. Casa and Balto got all the glory. They also did a whole like round of tours and things yeah, like they that. They should not have compared to Sheppa. That's the Just thing. because they finished. So here's the thing. Um, so one other small little drama. It's There's mixed information. So Kessa arrived. He actually wasn't supposed to be the last one. There was supposed to be someone else. When he right. got to the way station, it was all dark. All of the teams and men should have been celebrated. Yeah. Very similarly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, but Balto was the figure in the paper, and that's know, the story that got told globally. the last part, mm-hmm. which you could But here's that. here's the thing. He wasn't supposed to be the last one. He was supposed to have one more detour. When he got to that cabin, it was dark. Some people say that Kessa might have just gone past it because he knew he would have gotten extra glory from being yeah. the last one. Mm-hmm. No, I, I but yeah. but Kessa always says the thing was dark and that he didn't know the driver was ready. He thought they were still asleep because it was super early in the morning and right. they were waiting on people to knock. I don't and want to inconvenience him. I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, basically, <laughs> which take all this either one could Jeez. be. A lot of yeah. people like they have mixed opinions on this. And Kessa actually, he's human. It's probably a little bit both. It's probably a little it bit. Depends both. on if he's a pretty humble guy, which we. We'll have no way of knowing. So here's the thing. Kessa and Balto did do, and the whole dog sleep tour. So Balto's whole team did a whole tour around the country. Um, He did it on purpose. There was a actual uh, producer at the time in Hollywood, Sol Lesser, who was like, hey, I want to make a movie star out of that dog. Mm-hmm. And Kessa actually went to Sheppa and was like, hey, is it okay that I do this? And Sheppa's like, go for it because they're obviously it's Hollywood they want to know the full story because it's way more interesting than just your part right Chef is a sweet innocent little baby who's yeah, adorable who and he was actually very disappointed to see like 
Balto got all the fame. Yeah. He even got the uh, thing. And I'm not saying Balto. Balto did a good job. He's he a did. good dog. Yeah, he's a, Balto's a good dog. Everyone in are, there. Are all of them. Yes. Good but job. you know who's also f- more fascinating than Balto? Togo. Togo is my hero. So, <laughs> he's a psycho. Well, Castle was... He was thrown across a sound. Yes. No, Togo... Five feet Twelve year old Togo. ran through a window. <laughs> he ran through a window just to, to spite contrarian. a man. Yes. yes, he was a contrarian dog. Um, so... Sheppa was like, oh, those fucking idiots. And also, here's another thing. Back at Noel, so Kesson did this whole world thingy tour. He got, like, some noble medals of honor. He did a whole thing. He ended up, like, the his dog sled eventually got, um, like, either sold or given to, like, a zoo in an area. And so they ripped off the rest of their lives, like, hanging out at a zoo. People going, that's the people who saved the serum. Yeah. Um... But you mean all the dogs got yeah. put in a zoo? What yeah. the fuck? As like an I exhibit? I, 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 I thought you meant the actual sled. As yeah. like, no, no. Like his at the end. So he did this whole victory okay, route. He like kind that. of lost a bunch of money. He had some other issues. Actually, and when he came back to Noel, everyone's like hands, fingers crossed, like hands crossed, going, "Come on, Kessa, you're, you're getting a little too much. You get a little high on your horse there." Mm. So there's a lot of interesting <laughs> things, and who knows. Fame corrupts people. He was a lower thing. Maybe, like, it, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. But um, from what I understand... I like that for the dogs. They don't belong in a zoo. They're dogs. I think, well, they got to hang out for... The, it was, like, after... Like, it sounds like they kind of, like, toward the end of it, they just got to relax and chill at a zoo and had caretakers. Oh. Did they live in a house? That's where dogs want to live. I don't... Well, these are working dogs, so they actually live out in yards. Most of them don't live in the houses. They don't. They have their own little huts. Um, not all of them. Not all of Back them, but... The, the site though. that I was referring to, Vet Street or whatever, was saying that Alaskan Huskies, and the, I guess these are Siberian, maybe. These are Siberians. Okay, well, it says Alaskan Huskies want to live in the house with you. Yeah, the, so mm. there is variation, but um, Shepa... I assume <laughs> Siberian Huskies probably want to live in the house with you, too. So... Let's talk. So that was Castle. There was a lot of drama, a lot of like he said, he said, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It seems like Cassian's head got a little filled, and he kind of he left. Um, and we're gonna go back to Sheppa. So Sheppa actually, his because of how well his team did on this, he actually his dogs are known as a Sheppa a, a Sheppa has a particular breed called the Shepa Siberian, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have some follow-ups on this, but first we're going to talk about what happened to to- uh, Togo. Right. So Togo, after he finally reached the age of retirement, Shepa actually brought him to a place in Maine to uh, retire, and he uh, Togo spent the rest of his life making little puppies to add to Shepa's um, pool. But Right, Togo was a male. Yeah, Togo was a male, okay. so he went and sired a bunch of puppies. Mm-hmm. I will say the movie makes it sound like he is not inaccurate because the movie's like wrapping up and it's like, and he spent his life as a dad, and it's like he did in Maine, not with Sheppa. Yeah, Sheppa would visit, and Sheppa was there when he finally did pass away. Like Sheppa would visit, and he did go when Togo. It was time for Togo then, to die. And, and no, and then the movie ends with. Uh, Togo jumping through his car window as he tries to leave him at that place. <laughs> no, it's and he's not. Like, I'll show you where I live. It, it, okay, so I'm gonna go into this a little bit because the Shepa kennels actually still exist, 
But there's actually a really funny thing because I kind of looked this up. Um, they have a whole disclaimer. So they have a website. They don't actively breed Shepa Siberians anymore. And they have a they have an explanation for it. And I'm going to read it because I find it very interesting. So um, they may chain the website as an educational tool about the Shepa dogs. But they actually, so they haven't done active breeding for Shepas since 2008. And part of the reason they decided to stop the strain was it would result in too much inbreeding and hurt the future of the dogs. That's fair. Yeah. So. Good job. The last true Shepa died in October 2022 at the age of 16. Hmm. Yeah. So this year. Yeah. So they maintain the kennels and still breed uh, oh, yeah. sled year. dogs, but they also maintain the kettles for like senior care of their dogs and things like that. Um, it's really funny because one of the first things I like when I went to the website, they had a big disclaimer saying like, if you saw fucking Togo, don't fucking ask me for any puppies. We don't make those here. Read and educate your damn self. And I will take this website down if you bitches keep annoying me. Oh my God. No, it literally yeah. is a very hostile, like you, you fuckers just want a dog cause you saw a movie. Stop mm. it. Stop yeah. it. I can't imagine how many inquiries they got oh my oh, god i must have been yeah and the owner of it jeffrey he literally maintains the website as an educational tool yeah and to maintain the recognition of the shepa siberians but like this is such a fucking cool story it is it, it is one of those stories where so many people and pieces had to go perfectly in place like in order to catch on with each other yeah. And yeah. because of that, children got saved. Everyone was okay. And Casa made some well, poor not, decisions. Not everyone, but uh, yeah. As many A lot pe- more were okay. Yes. It was, and, and it, it's just a really cool story. And the fact that it got boiled down, I know kids' movies do this. It got boiled down to a boy dog liking a girl dog and wanted to impress her by saving her sick human. Yeah. Who was going like this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we completely just ignored Togo wasn't even in that Togo wasn't even it was all about Balto it was all about Balto and um I will say Shepard did write some books after because he was kind of pissed that Togo got uh, that Balto got so much yeah and Togo was not recognized because they literally did like way more miles than any other dog in the relay former employee really was a glory hog he went across a frozen ocean mm. up a mountain he and did, then back again he did way cooler stuff yes yeah with him and his way cooler dog togo no 12 no year old i mean togo. i guess i guess i am shading balto because balto togo, didn't do nothing i know balto didn't and none of this was Bal- look fault. balto saying, was togo like seems I'm just... like way more of a badass than balto oh yeah no balto was like i'm hanging out with my friend fox we're gonna run some stuff i, li- we're I love balto back. too but togo and don't forget fox fox was there Fox was his co-pilot. Fox is like, yo, Bolto, let's go. Poor Fox. Just completely Fox Erasure. I mean, just, God, just because his name is Fox, which is a cool name. It is a good name. It's a good name for a dog. Yeah. And just because they couldn't put, like, a dog named Fox, like, you know, can specifically put that, they could. Yeah, they could have. They could have put that. It doesn't look good I just like the paper was like, my fucking readers are idiots. They're going to think of Fox. But also, that'd be funny. Oh, did you hear about the dog and the fox that saved the children? That would be a funny story. The dog and the fox that saved the children. Mabel, I'm pretty sure oh it was gosh. a. It was also another dog. 
No, no. It was a fox. <laughs> His name was Fox. Why would you name a dog Fox? That would be silly. <laughs> Henry, that would be ridiculous. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that yeah. is the serum of uh, that is the serum run of 1925. That's crazy. It's a crazy fucking story. That's awesome. Everyone watch the movie. Everyone do watch the movie. The movie oh is really God. great. Also, look up this man's face. He looks like Willem Dafoe. He, he looks. Does. He actually looks weirder than. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe does not do him enough. They need to punch him in the face a little bit more. No, don't just punch Willem Dafoe. Just push Willem Dafoe's no. face just a little no, bit more. Leave him alone. <laughs> Yeah. But no, it like I remember seeing. I'm like Willem Dafoe. He has such a. I love Willem Dafoe. By the way, I love Willem Dafoe. Think, he yeah, has such a weird everyone. face, He's though. Great. Yeah, if you don't love Willem Dafoe, then you're not a friend of this podcast. Yeah, you need to leave. We don't like you. What is this wrong with you? He's been in so many. He's like, such a good. good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after that tale, we're gonna ring up up and uh, Heath. Where? Oh, wait, does anyone else have anything they want to say? No. Great. So, Heath, where can people find us? They can find us on petparentspod.com. Tell your friends and family who like animals about us. Also, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and Discord. And you can email us petparentspod at gmail.com. As always, like the spirit of Togo, we will do better, go farther, drag sleds across breaking up ice packs. Okay, Togo yeah. is resting. I don't know why you're putting this on Togo's spirit. I said like Togo. <laughs> like Togo. Like, like the spirit, spirit of Togo. Oh, okay. In the spirit of Togo, like embodying like he's our great hero who we aspire to be. Okay, I okay, aspire okay. to be as cool as Togo. Yeah. Same. I don't think any of us can be as cool as Dogo. Yeah, that's true. No, but. we need to break through windows more. No, let's not yeah. do that. Those Get are some expensive. bricks. Those let's are, jump through no. windows. Stop it. <laughs> we don't want to teach our dogs to jump through windows. Anyway, uh, get better. Yeah. Do better. Yeah, get better, everyone. Yeah. Get your sniff together. Jeez. Why are you censoring that? Why Dan you- dropped the F bomb like 15 times. Why are you censoring that word? It was because what? it's a fucking cool story. Look. Look, these people ran across Alaska to save children, and you get the sads when winter happens. Look, people, <laughs> you need... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, we love you all. Uh, watch the movie. Uh, bye-bye? <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, I said stop. Why aren't you stopping? <laughs>